Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Sal Cavalier here at Interlift MD in our Troy office. It's January 8th of 2020. We started the new year. And our topic of discussion today is going to be obesity and the effects of obesity on our society, our healthcare system, but mostly what it does to our physical being as well as our emotional and um, psychological uh, components of our total being overall. Obesity, if you've been around as long as I have, you've seen how things have changed from the 1970s. Um, there's, it, it is multifactorial. You can't just point your finger at one person or a group of individuals and start blaming them. Uh, we can begin with uh, the food industry, how it's taken off in America. We have more fast foods, more processed foods in America. And, and this is something I'm sure that most of you have heard, but it is a reality. Uh, if you take a look back in at 1975, Starbucks wasn't even around at that time. Of course, I was 12 years old, but Starbucks didn't exist. Taking a look at, you know, Starbucks, and I'm not cutting them down. They've got great coffee, but it's all the additive stuff that we put in there, the caramels, uh, the extra um, sweetened uh, creams, all of these flavorings, all of these things can wreak havoc on the biologic system. And we're going all the way back down to biochemistry. Um, I'm not going to you know, pick on them, but I could say that we have more submarine um, stores than we did before. We have more hamburger stores. I can remember back in 1975, you had McDonald's and Burger King and Jack in a Box. Now you've got a number of burger um, restaurants or stores. And of course, you know, what even what we see in the grocery stores. Uh, we always said um, if you want to shop healthy at a grocery store, shop on the periphery. That's where you'll get your, veg- your vegetables, your fruits, um, your dairy products, your meat products, everything in the aisles that are contained in bottles, cans, boxes, or bags have some form of preservatives, colorings, and added sugars and added flavorings to them. Again, that can disrupt our normal metabolic processes. So foods and how um, even the uh, leading agencies of government allow this to happen. Uh, Again, one can look at it, and and I always use this example. If I went out one night and I smoked a pack of cigarettes and drank a fifth of whiskey, it's not going to kill me. But if I continue doing that for a number of years, what would be the long-term effects? A lot of these scientific studies, folks, really never go past 30, 40 years. If anything, a study, the longest studies that we've seen, even in the medical industry or in the medical field, is a five-year study. Uh, And usually that's with cancer patients. But how do we know that a new preservative, a new fertilizer, um, uh, any of these types of chemicals that go into our foods, what are they going to be, what are they, what are the long-term side effects and how are they affecting us? Well, the FDA approved for corn syrup to be supplanting uh, sugar. Sugar is uh, three times more the cost of corn syrup. It's more difficult to transport, and they allowed the food industry to use corn syrup as a sweetener. Well, 
the problem with that is is that everybody adapted that because if you owned a business and you can make um, your breakfast cereals with a cheaper um, uh, sweetener, you make more profit overall. And so corn syrup was then used in ice creams, um, soda pops, even in breads, anything to sweeten a product. The problem is, is that, and I tell everybody this all the time, a sugar isn't a sugar, a fat isn't a fat. And what I mean by that is if you compare a sweet potato to a white potato, they both have 50 grams of carbohydrates. But the difference is, is the white potato is going to behave differently in the body than a sweet potato. A sweet potato has 50 grams of carbohydrates, but it's mostly fibrous. So the absorption of the sugars is going to be so much slower, which then doesn't stimulate a significant insulin response as would a white potato. So the same thing could be said about fats. I mean, you've got your good fats, your good oils versus your bad fats. But sugar has really been the problem in America in the last century. There's a great documentary that came out on TVO. It's called Sugar Coated. And it's a documentary on how America has started to increase its sugar intake over the last 100 to 120 years. And, of course, by the early 90s when they introduced corn syrup, now we are taking in something that's really uh, increasing blood sugar levels at a much faster rate secreting more insulin and over time our bodies become resistant to that insulin and that's why type 2 diabetes went up 20 percent in 20 years which is a very significant number particularly in the pediatric population these are the contributing factors or i would say the external factors let's take a look at the internal factors and the internal factors is basically you and i We have the choice. We have that power to decide what we want to eat when we want to eat it. And I don't know if Americans are not well educated on this because you watch television, you've got all these weight loss programs, um, there's documentaries, there's there's programs that tell us how we should eat, Um, there's books and literature out there in abundance. I mean, from Atkins to South Beach diet, to the China diet, to the paleo diet. Now the ketogenic diet is popular, although it came out in the 1940s and it was specifically designed for children who had seizure disorders. And so a lot of literature is out there and people are reading it, but still America has an issue with being overweight, of which we say that 70% of Americans are overweight, and a percentage of that is obese. And of course, obesity is now defined as 30 pounds over um, the weight that you should be uh, based on your BMI or your body mass index. Um, and I, I don't always agree with that as well, because it all, I, in my opinion, I believe it should be based on the percentage of body fat. Uh, if you take a bodybuilder who's five foot five and two hundred and forty pounds, versus another gentleman who's five foot five and two hundred and forty pounds, the bodybuilder may only be four percent body fat, so most of his weight is attributed to the muscle mass that he has. So, I believe that it. We really should be measuring body fat percentage as a way uh, as a way to determine our health as a, as opposed to body mass index. So we have the choice to decide what we want to eat. 
do we go home and maybe make some uh, some cabbage and and some cauliflower and some uh, lean protein like chicken or even flank steak? And I don't have a problem if you're having a hamburger steak. Just don't include the bun and everything else that goes along with it. Um, I, I prefer eating more grass-fed meat. Uh, by far better quality meat from the standpoint that it may not have the flavor, but you get used to the flavor. But the thing of it is, is, is the fat content. So your your grain-fed meats usually have higher levels of omega-6 fatty acids, and you want to keep the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 at about a 1 to 1 or 2 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3 versus a, gran, a grain-fed um, animal will have about... Um, um, a ratio of about 20 to 1 on the omega-6 to the omega-3. So uh, the higher the omega-3s, uh, the better it is for you, reduces inflammation long-term. So there we go. So we have external forces, which are the restaurants and the foods that we are exposed to, and then the internal forces, which is the decision we make as to what we're going to eat. That, to me, I think is most important because... They're never as long as there's somebody out there that uh, an industrialist or a venture capital group that can come up with some new way of um, selling donuts. They'll create some chain restaurant or chain store where people say, "Oh, I got to try these donuts," and we go after them. But then again, the donuts that we eat today are not the same as the donuts that we had in the 1920s and 30s. Um, Again, it all goes through the types of oils that we cook the stuff in today. Um, interestingly enough, McDonald's was using lard to cook their their French fries up until, I believe, 1968. And then they started using this other oil that they use, uh, which carries a lot of trans fats in them. So the external forces, internal forces, our decision what do we do? First of all, we have to come to the reality that if we have an issue, we have to address it. There's no way to fix your weaknesses unless you address it. Look at yourself and determine what steps are you going to take. Um, I use, I hear a lot of excuses these days that, well, my doctor told me that I have a hormone imbalance. So when I was reviewing a lot of the literature that I've uh, had, even from 15 years ago, I I started to come across some information that I read 15 years ago that I believe has more significance now than it did to me back then. And that is, is that we develop a hormone imbalance when our body's level of obesity or our body's weight goes beyond where we should be. And so, in other words, it wasn't the hormone imbalance that caused the, the, the overweight or the obesity. It was that the obesity caused the hormone imbalance. And that's why it becomes more difficult when you really get large. Let's say you're 80 or 100 pounds overweight. It gets very, very difficult now to start losing weight. You don't see the immediate results. Sometimes, uh, I know for a fact, in the first month, you may not even lose a pound. And yet, you. And what's happened here is this: your whole body's physiology, your whole body's physiology has changed. You've undergone a metamorphosis. You've you basically took your car that uses regular unleaded gas, and somehow did something to the engine where now it can only take diesel fuel. And it, it's a simplified concept. But what I'm trying to say is is that. 
when our body weights get beyond a certain point and hormones begin to change, our body's chemistry starts to get altered. And now you start hearing people say, oh, I'm trying to lose weight and I can't seem to lose weight. Well, you really have to stick with it. And, uh, you know, I always use the, the, the D word. And the D word is in Detroit, even though we're from the Detroit area. The D word is discipline. And it's a constancy of purpose. If your objective is to lose 50 pounds, then you've got to stick with the program. There are people that after a month can lose a pound and say, oh, that stuff doesn't work. I've got some problems. It will work. Um, if you stick with a program and if it's a good program, it will work for everyone. Um, but again, you have to be disciplined and you have to determine if your health is of any significance to you. It's easy to go to a doctor and say you have a problem. And now in the modern age that we live in, a doctor basically has a pill for every problem that you have. Doesn't mean it's going to cure the problem. It's a good way to treat the problem, but it's also a good way to keep you on the drug, which is basically creating an addiction, um, not only from a psychological standpoint, but eventually from a physiologic standpoint. So by maintaining our discipline, we can start to see how we can alter our body's chemistry and get it so that our bodies can work optimally. So there's there's a lot of things that... um, you know, the severity of, of obesity, as we had mentioned earlier, and how it's becoming a, a health threat to the American population, more so than even cigarette smoking. Because obesity brings on uh, a number of um, other issues from cardiovascular disease to uh, musculoskeletal disorders, like a breakdown of our joints. And that's why you're starting to see people in their 50s that are getting total knees and total hip replacements. <coughs> Excuse me. Um How does it affect our kidneys? Uh, We start overloading the kidneys. The kidneys over time start to break down, and we start developing chronic renal disease. And if you drive around any city, you've got all these dialysis centers that are opening up. Well, we didn't have all these dialysis centers back in the 70s. We had dialysis, but people didn't have the disorders, uh, you know, kidney problems that we have as we see it today. So... We're starting to see how obesity is starting to affect other organ systems in our body, including even the neurologic system. Because we may be overfed, but we are truly undernourished. And how does that affect our neurologic system from attention deficit disorder um, to a lot of other um, uh, psychological disorders such as anxiety and depression? Believe it or not, a lot of this can be caused from malnutrition. So we've gone over now uh, some of the dangers of this. We talked about some of the issues with the foods. Um, Our our foods in in America are high in starchy, calorie-rich foods, foods that contain wheat products like bread, pastas, the bagels, the donuts, pizzas, corn, white potatoes, soy, peanuts, and, and more so in regards to these foods, a lot of these foods are now genetically modified. And we just don't know what their long-term effects are. Although I'm beginning to see that since they were introduced in 1993, we're starting to see more and more of these diseases. Um, Why do we have so much 
so many more allergies to peanuts. And, you know, we use this excuse, well, we're getting the kids started on peanut, you know, peanuts and peanut butter at a later age, and that's why they're developing allergies. I don't believe that. Um, my mother never had peanut butter until she was 16 years old. And because she, she was an immigrant from Italy, they didn't have peanut butter in Italy um, soon after World War II. In fact, peanut butter was not a common food product in Europe. Um, they had hazelnut butter, but even then, that wasn't something that was easily accessible. So I, I believe that genetically modified foods have an impact, something that's in the foods our bodies are not reacting appropriately to and creating a lot of these problems, especially with the wheat products, because they're so high in gluten. And gluten has another onslaught of of complications uh, and there's a great book uh, by the cardiologist and I'm trying to think of his name it's called Wheat Belly and talks about that um, again the foods containing hormones, pesticides, fungicides herbicides, fertilizers, colors uh, preservatives all of these things are chemicals that we put in our foods and somebody from an agency or bureaucracy could say well it's not going to kill you but what is the long term detriment of it and i know that we're moving more and more into the direction of eating more organic foods it's it's sometimes difficult for some people where you may not be able to get access to organic foods excuse me so i think that if you're going to get vegetables you know clean them out very well i add a little bit of peroxide to my vegetables when i have them soaked for about 45 minutes or so try to get as much of that stuff off as possible And also, the nutrients that we consume. How many Americans are taking vitamins and minerals? Minerals are very important. Well over 50% of Americans are mineral deficient. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about calcium. Calcium may be one, but I'm talking about magnesium, selenium, chromium. These are minerals like a a decrease in chromium or low levels of chromium in the body can make you more susceptible to developing type 2 diabetes. And it's just a mineral that... Uh, of course, you get it in most of your vegetables, but taking a supplement like that can help reduce, of course, on a, a healthy diet too as well. So the B vitamins, um, iodine. Why do we have iodine in our table salt? An initiative back in the 1950s with the United States government showed that Michigan and Ohio had the highest level of thyroid cancer. And we realized because we're surrounded by fresh water, we have low levels of iodine or we consume low levels of iodine. And iodine is another mineral, folks. Um, People say, well, my doctor says I'm allergic to iodine. You may be allergic to iodine dyes that they gave you when you were getting a CAT scan or an MRI. But that's not the same iodine. There may be iodine in it, but it's made up of radioactive particles and other chemicals that you could have been allergic to. You can't be really allergic to iodine because it's like saying I'm allergic to sodium or or potassium or magnesium or calcium. It's another mineral. But in Michigan and Ohio, we have low levels of it. Therefore, we developed more goiters and we developed also thyroid cancers. So iodine is another um, mineral that... Uh, If you start implementing it into your diet, you'll start to notice how much clearer your thinking is, how much more energy you have, because now you're also providing the thyroid gland with a mineral that can produce the thyroid hormones necessary to help improve metabolism. So um, what do we do here at InnerLift MD? Well, we're taking our patients who um, 
had these issues of being overweight and or obese. And they come to me and they, um, of course, the more popular diet right now is the HCG diet, which I've been doing HCG since the 1980s. And the HCG diet that I utilize is basically tailored for you. You can't do the original uh, HCG diet that was created by Dr. Simeon when he was in India in the 1930s and 40s because the Indian women at that time who were pregnant, um, I don't think any of them was, they weren't any taller than five foot one. So you had smaller women uh, with smaller um, bone frames and they were given or consuming about 500 calories a day. Now, that might be good for a woman who's four foot eleven, but a woman who's four foot uh, or I'm sorry five foot four or five foot five, five foot six, a little bit uh, heavier bone structure, you're going to need a few more calories added to the diet. So we taper the HCG diet to fit your needs. And then, of course, we take in uh, energy expenditures in the form of exercising. We we first begin by detoxing your body. And the, the objective of detoxing the body is, is to try to eradicate any of the heavy metals that are locked into your system that could be affecting your metabolism. So detoxing, cleaning out the liver, getting you on the HCG diet, um, using the appropriate dosages, getting on the proper uh, exercise program, and there we start the process. We start the process of getting rid of the stuff that your body doesn't need and start reversing the physiologic detriments that now we can get your metabolism uh, operating optimally, start giving you a sense of more energy, a clearer mind, um, having a lighter feeling, getting through the day, not so much getting through the day, but getting something from the day and uh, as opposed to just getting through the day and that's that's another objective what can you gain by living today uh whether it's learning a new word learning a new trade learning how to uh, play a new song on your on your piano or your guitar um spending more time with your family Uh, these are things that you can do to start bringing more life into your life so our objective here at Interlift MD is to try to restore your natural health and to use the knowledge that we have um, using HCG. HCG is also, um, it's basically an acronym for human chorionic gonadotropin. And what that does is it elevates your natural hormone levels so it can sustain um, uh, skin integrity, organ integrity, muscle mass, bone mass, even your hair, while you're cutting back on the, on the uh, calories and increasing fat metabolism. It also helps to stimulate the thyroid gland. And that, with a little bit of iodine, um, we can get you back into a healthier state and hopefully maintain your lifestyle so that later on, when you do get older, you won't be taking all those pharmaceutical drugs. And that's kind of like our objective. Um, some people that lose massive amounts of weight will and could potentially require some kind of surgical intervention to help tighten the skin. Now we can do it without the knife, and that's where we go beyond the knife uh, with our new uh, body tight system by InMode. So come see us at Interleft MD. Come in and talk to me. We'll set up a consultation and try to get your life back on the right track so you can live a healthier, happier life. I'm Dr. Sal Cavalier here at Interlift MD. Have a wonderful day.